Hello and welcome to MindQuest. I am your host, Miquel Morales, and this is Mission Control Center. Hello and welcome one more week to Mission Control Center, your one-stop shop for IT careers and recruitment advice. Mission Control Center is brought to you by MindQuest, Europe's new IT recruitment and career service. This week, we're chatting with Jake Furlong, technical lab developer at Amazon Web Services and self-taught DevOps expert, site reliability engineer, and cloud architect. Keep listening to learn about his career trajectory and how he went from being part of the U.S. Marine Corps to becoming an all-around DevOps expert. You will find the full interview at mindquest.io slash blog, along with other resources for IT professionals. But without further delay, let's welcome Jake. Hi, Jake. Thanks so much for being here with us today and sharing your story. You were with the U.S. Marine Corps for several years, and your educational background is in business. How did you transition into tech? How did you get your first tech position? So uh, I got out of the Marine Corps, and honestly, I just took the first job that I could find, and I started training new employees on how to use an Avaya telecom system, which I myself had no idea what that was. I did that for a few months, and then they moved me into another role as a director of admission systems and analytics, had access to some free courses. So I took calculus and some computer architecture classes because I was kind of was interested in tech and uh, stumbled across a CompTIA certification roadmap online and picked up a A plus book. So I started reading through that and I stumbled across a book called Automate the Boring Stuff and started learning some Python and most of my job was done through CRM and a lot of Excel, a lot of functions. And I just started converting it to Python to automate my job. And then I automated my friends' jobs. And before you know it, it was all just running Python. And I was talking about it while playing World of Warcraft, of all things. And I had a friend in my WoW guild who worked for an SAP company and said, hey, we're hiring if you want to switch into text my family about doing a complete and total career switch. The interview went horrible, but they were very, very nice. I was willing to learn and they'd seen like how much I had learned in such a short time at my previous job, gave me a chance and uh, got an offer. And that was the beginning. You have quite a portfolio of certifications. Is that how you learned? Like I said, I read through that A-plus book, but mostly for the knowledge. Based on what I wanted to do in IT, I didn't really want a hardware-related certification. Because I think for hiring managers, uh, sometimes it's easy to misconstrue a person's skills based on what certifications they had. So I wanted to make sure I was marketing myself in a way I thought was relevant for the things that I wanted to do. That's when I found AWS. and I kind of looked at the state of IT at the time and, and figured that cloud was really the way forward. So I got AWS certified, and then my company was getting really hands-on with GCP, so I got GCP certified, and all of that was through free online courses and a paid Linux Academy subscription. And I thought about getting an IT degree, but it was just too expensive, and there wasn't enough hands-on. It was mostly theory. So I kind of took the theory from the books that I had, and then I once I found Linux Academy, I just did every course. So anything operating system, Windows, Linux, databases, programming, web stuff, web development, cloud, whatever I could find. And then I found a, a site called Open Source Society University, and they have a GitHub page that basically gives you an EDX, Coursera, or other free online tool that teaches you the equivalent of a computer science degree. And that was very, very helpful. And then I just took that information, volunteered for every project at work, took any ticket, 
and tried to automate it, stuff like that. And the whole time I, I was told that certs aren't important to all the people that I worked with. But I think for hiring managers and HR, uh, they might disagree. Um, and, and let's be honest, it's kind of hard to get jobs without proving you have the knowledge. And, and since I don't have a degree in anything technology related, I felt I needed to kind of differentiate myself a little bit. So I got those to kind of compensate for not having the degree. What's your opinion on free courses versus boot camps or official certifications? I always go with free stuff or at least like the inexpensive Udemy sales because I think boot camps are great for entry level, but they don't really allow you to work past that. And there's most of the content online is will get you through, you know, the basics. But after that, trying to solve a problem or find a problem to solve and really get your hands dirty with development or cloud engineering is is difficult to find. And, and they're expensive. So certs are fine if you need it for a specific position or a career goal or something. But I wouldn't do one to learn. I might take the study guide and use that. But I think certs are a huge market and there's a lot of money to be made there for people that are looking to get certified. But I I honestly just went to a lot of meetups. I pretty much changed my podcast to tech podcast and just listen to those all the time and focus really instead of on online training to vendor documentation. So whether that's uh, the Kubernetes administrator guides or AWS documentation, GCP documentation, because you're getting it straight from the horse's mouth. And as a musician, and I study jazz, we always go back to, well, who was the original musician and study them, their technique and their ideas. And so I kind of took the same approach to tech, which was, you know, where did JavaScript come from? You know, where did Python come from? Where did AWS come from? And try to study the root of where that came from. So as far as certs and boot camps and all that stuff go, I think teach their own. Some people love them, but me, uh, I, I go for whatever's free. That's the way, I, the way I roll, I guess. How was the experience of being with the Marines? What's your biggest takeaway from your time with them? So I had a great time in the Marine Corps, believe it or not. I thought it was a, a lot of fun. My biggest takeaway was really about how to work on a team. As much as there's like a lot of technical things I learned and things like that, there's there's just something about being humble and being a lifelong learner and always striving to be better and knowing your weak self and seeking self-improvement and being self-reliant and self-disciplined. In tech, you have to be because nobody's going to force you to you know, hone your skills or learn a new programming language or learn how to administer, you know, Docker containers or anything. From the Marine Corps, you know, just that whole self-reliant aspect of being a continuous learner. You design and implement technical labs, which are training programs for AWS customers. What does that involve? I work on the training and curriculum team, and we deliver content to our customers, AWS. We have an awesome team. I work with them to help build and design labs and lab instructions. So if you were to go to AWS and want to take a course to learn how to be an architect, for example, you know we'd have designers and curriculum developers and architects and project managers and product managers that we work together to, to formulate a plan to build a course. And my job day to day is to go through and support them so that when they get to the hands-on portion, that a student can click start lab and that everything underneath of it, underneath the hood is provisioned and ready and works every time, is repeatable across multiple devices, operating systems, whatever, and that the lab instructions are clear and easy to understand for people who may have a lot of experience 
experience to people who maybe this is their first time working with the cloud. So it's it's a technical role, but there's a lot of human aspect to it and understanding how people learn and how people learn technology. And as a person who is basically self-taught, I use that a lot in this role. First DevOps, now data ops. The DevOps philosophy seems to be permeating all areas of IT. What do you think is the reason for adopting this way of thinking? What will be the next ops? I will start by saying I don't think DevOps is a real thing. <laughs> As a community, we can't even agree on what it is. So we've been doing this since the 70s, the 80s, uh, really since the 60s with Deming, you know, and all of his, the work he did toward continual improvement, total quality management, things like that. And I think what we're going to see is we'll revisit value stream mapping and how we can best automate and kind of streamline value stream maps. Because right now we're automating all the things, right? And it's all about pipelines and shift left and get the developers close. I, I think that'll be short-lived. It's kind of, well, we should have always been doing that. And I think connecting development to automation and ops problems is good. But I think DevOps, you know, the, the core of it, you know, starting with, well, we want the developer problems and ops problems to kind of be the same problems, right? Where ops informs development workflow, you know, developers use that workflow to produce either new tools or better tools or even more consistent infrastructure because ops doesn't want things to change. And as somebody who's worked in the ops world, I totally respect that. And I completely understand as somebody who's worked on the, the, the dev-ish side of DevOps, you know, I understand needing to get new versions of things out and, and upgrading things and patching things. So there's a balance between it. But I think what we're really going to see is as you get to data ops and really anything that needs to inform ops is that everything's going to be data driven, but it's going to have to be value streamed. So what do you work on? What is the most important? What do you get the most benefit from as far as, you know, value? If you're doing a cost benefit analysis and business is going to, you could do business ops, right? So where it's like, you know, how much money are we really making or saving by, you know, approving X project or making Y operations department, priority. And so I think eventually once you start finding an efficient way, an accurate way to attach dollars or time to these things that your Git flows might, may have uh, <laughs> some time and, and, and value attached to them as it pertains to the business and not just, you know, how many commits did you make last month or something. What's the day-to-day -day of a DevOps team like? A lot of it is requests for automation, declarative infrastructure, ton of monitoring, moving into containerization or modernizing orchestration tools, you know, stuff like that. I think a lot of it is developer advocacy and just DevOps evangelism, if you want to call it that, because it's been around for a while, right? But it's still relatively new. It hasn't really permeated all the cultures yet. So while a lot of people have a DevOps team, the cultural side, I think, needs a lot of work. So a lot of time is spent, you know, explaining why we're doing this you know it's still it sounds like the the value is obvious but it still takes up a lot of time to describe why we need resources why we need time why we should be doing certain projects and a lot of the time is spent researching new tech building up labs on your workstation or in the cloud somewhere and testing a deployment meeting with ops teams to discuss their pain points and then of course all the pipeline things so it's 
you know, a very collaborative job. You're not going to see a DevOps person in a silo. In a given day, you never know what you're going to do, but it's always going to be automating something or fixing something or updating something or monitoring something <laughs> or uh, justifying what it is that you're doing. And what's the best career advice you have ever been given? Ironically, it actually came from a conductor of a music organization. He said, find something you love and do that. Because no matter what you do or where you go, you'll always be doing something that you enjoy. The big thing is just do what you know is right and provide value to everyone around you. Don't worry so much about certifications. If you have the knowledge, it'll come. Certs are important for getting your foot in the door, but they're a necessary evil, I would say. Just always be learning. Thank you, Jake. Best of luck and until next time. And now, this is what happened in technology this week. Google released this week the results of its annual Accelerated State of DevOps report, revealing a 5% increase in public cloud users compared to last year's survey. Half of the respondents deploy workloads in the public cloud, and an additional 21% say they use multiple clouds at once, mostly because of the unique benefits each one offers. Those using hybrid and multi-cloud are 1.6 times more likely to exceed their performance targets than those who do not. The report also shows that implementing SRE practices, keeping high-quality documentation, and conducting continuous testing and integrations are key factors in the success of software projects, leading to faster and more reliable delivery and better operational performance. And moving on to other news. A whopping 74% of companies blame vulnerable systems put in place during the pandemic for recent cyber attacks. That's according to a new Forrester study showing how the rising tech adoption has come hand-in-hand with that of security threats. Remote work seems to be at the center of the problem. Even though more than half of remote workers access sensitive data, 71% of security and business leaders admit they don't have good enough visibility into their employees' local networks. That's a problem, considering that 67% of business-focused attacks were targeted at remote workers. And finally, a new report by the Linux Foundation highlights the expanding talent gap in the open-source world. The push towards cloud-native solutions brought about by the pandemic has left companies hungry for IT professionals with expertise in platforms like Kubernetes and AWS, shifting the hiring focus away from Linux in favor of pure containerization. DevOps has become the norm among open-source professionals, doubling its adoption rate up to 88% compared to just three years ago. Additionally, university-level degrees are becoming less of a requirement with certifications gaining momentum and industry appreciation. And that's all for this week. Make sure to follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn at MindQuest Talent and on Twitter at MindQuesting. Thank you for listening and until next time.